Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Okay, Alex, I want to spend this intro. I want to go over some, like, societal expectations, okay? Um... Now, I, I think this is I, I think this is good because it's coming from two different perspectives. All right. And I want to talk about the expectations of the furnishings of someone's home. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I wanna start I wanna start simple. All right. Um uh flatware, dishes, silverware. What what is the expectation mid twenties of that? Um, as long as you have it mid twenties. So I'm turning 25 in March. Yeah. So I've, I'm dead in the middle of twenties. I think mid is 24, 26. I think you just have to have a set of, of legit stuff. Like it doesn't have to be, it just needs to match. It doesn't need to be special. It just needs to be dishwashable. Okay. Dishwasher, dishwasher, dish. Dishwasher safe yes. is the phrase you were looking for. Yes. Um, and then the same thing as far as plates, you don't need any more than four, but they all need to oh, match. Oh, okay. Because okay. I, think, I think that applies to if you're living by yourself. Obviously, sure, if sure. you have a partner, then it's different. But roommates are not different because what happens if one person leaves? Someone's taking that stuff and you don't want it. Yeah. But I'm saying you just need four. I think that's fine. So, okay. So let's work on let's work on some sort of like guide. Uh, how many should it be per person? Do you think it should be like four if you're by yourself or three per person in your house? Yes. I think because if you have one partner, if you have one other person in your house and you have six plates, that should that's enough for you and four guests. And if you only have one person in that house and you're having more than four guests, then like, all Dude, right, that we who need, are you they need to... Uh, yeah, who you flexing on? They need to understand we're busting out paper plates on this one. All right. Yeah. Um. So I drink almost exclusively out of mugs. Um. I have a flat. I have two flash mugs. I have a Mass Effect mug. I have a D and D mug. Uh, I have a Legally Blonde mug. Um. Obviously, these are all for like personal use and whatnot. Right. Um. It, it, do I offer that to a guest? If 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 a guest offers, if a guest wants a drink. Should my first instinct be no. glass? Give them the plainest thing you can. Okay. Okay. Here's the thing. Do you offer, do you give them plastic cup or glass? Glass. Okay. What, dude? What are we, kindergartners? Because there are people who, like, their house is mostly plastic cups. And, like, don't get me wrong. I understand the versatility of a plastic cup. Uh, like, I, I, I feel you and I see you. However, personally... Like, glass or go home, right? I think that's what marks a person who's embracing being an adult. There are people who are legally adults who are fighting it. <laughs> and those, but here's the thing a lot of people be like, well, what if it's expensive? Like, what if, dude, a set of glassware is very inexpensive? V- yeah. Like, Less and we're just talking m- like broad strokes too. Like, like there's obviously nitpicky things that we can. But talk I'm saying about. the best plasticware isn't as good as the worst glassware. So just buy the worst glassware. People, yeah, I would sure. rather think have people think, oh, this guy's an adult with horrible taste, than this guy is a kid and he's or he, this guy is an adult and he hasn't grown up. For sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I just I don't know. There's something about the way that like plastic cups retain aftertaste that like i just like i don't know i can't get it out of my head it's the same thing with like uh tupperware containers yep and tupperware mm-hmm. containers stain super easy and uh, and like people know that even if it's still stained it is clean and i understand that as well however there is a part of my brain that accepts it but does not like it. That's me when I take something out of the dishwasher and there's a water stain. Like, I know yeah. this thing is clean, mm-hmm. but it doesn't look clean and that's going to bother me. Like, uh, it's just there's a part of presentation that I take into account where and for me, it's less of like it's less of like, oh, I'm worried about your taste or I'm worried about you appearing like an adult. It's I'm I don't know where how long you've had this plastic cup. And I am afraid of it. 
I, I just like, I'm a sucker for uniformity, dude. Make stuff match, you know? Like, there's a new trend going around that my wife, uh, dude, I gotta stop doing it. It's so dumb. No, you don't. Um, no, you don't. <laughs> said that people are doing, it's when you have a kitchen table and you have mismatched dining room tables, or like chairs around it. And that's huh. the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it's one of the... See, here's the thing. It comes back to uniformity in a sense, where if you had two sets of mismatching pairs and you, like, organize them in a certain way, like, okay, I can see what you're going with. Um, But, but if, if you like, have all six four chairs or all, or all six four, chairs... Yeah. Dude, it's whack. Because what's going to end up happening is you're going to know which one's the most comfortable... Or you're going to know yes. the one that has the most support, and you're just going to use that one yeah. all the time. And then when gusts come over, you have to do the mental math of, okay, what's the best seat? Should I give them the best? Just If they're all the same, they're all the same. I just want to give a call. I want to call out a piece of furniture that drives me mad every time I sit in one, and that's wicker furniture. Hey, can we move past wicker furniture? Are we done? Are we done with wicker furniture? Yeah, I never liked that because it sounds bad. Yeah, you sit down on it, and, like, no matter how heavy or light you are, you sit in a wicker chair, it just creaks it's as like, oh, you sit on this it. this is going to break. I remember being, yeah. like, single-digit age, being like, well, this chair is not going to last much longer. It literally sticks. And I just, we're done with it. I'm I'm good. We've progressed past it. Decoration, fantastic. If you want to put something on a wicker chair and just, like, okay, this is decoration now fine whatever but sitting on we're done thank you do you know here's another thing i'm not about dude like at all there is a certain number of plants you can have in your house okay the number of not real plants in your house is real low yeah hey if you're a plant woman or plant dude even though there's less of you and you have all of your house for me i'm like oh these are just things they take care of and it's an aesthetic. If they're yeah. all fake, you're just crazy. Those For me, that's the equivalent of like, I like the aesthetic, but I don't do any of the work. Like, I like how people look with glasses. So I'm going to get ones without lenses or no prescription and just wear them around. And I'm like, that's not the point. What you're doing like, is wrong. Yeah, I definitely know what you mean. Because I, I, you and I are kind of on the same page of like, we have our own personal number of I would not want to take care of more than this many plants. Other people's number is way higher. Right. And if you want to turn your apartment into like that cottage core vibe, all the power to you. But like make sure they're real plants. Like commit to it. Dude, it's it would be obnoxious. It's like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a cat lady, but I'm only gonna have cat toys around and no cats. Hey, real talk. Uh, we have plants at the front of my job, like at like right at the door, at the foyer, at the vestibule. Mm-hmm. And I've worked there for almost six months now, and I don't know if they're real or not. Then they're not. <laughs> if you don't well, know, then they're okay, not. Okay, but here's the thing. I've had coworkers tell me that they've watered them, and like part of their job was to water them. But most of those people have left. And now I'm like, is anybody watering them that I don't know about? Is like the clean, is it part of the cleaning crew that's watering them? I'm just like, you know what? And like they droop like just enough to where I would believe that they are on the verge of dying. And I feel them and I'm like, they don't feel like plastic. And like they're, they're, the needles drop off. And I don't know if the needles are just coming off or if it's part of it. Well, di- here's the test. It is a mystery. Here's the test. See if there's real dirt. Because only psychos put fake plants in real dirt. <laughs> if there's okay. real dirt, it's real. If it's not real dirt, then coworkers have been watering something and then the water just evaporates. <laughs> That's honestly, I think it's that. I think one person was told, yeah, it's a real plant, but that person did not have the authority to say that. And uh, they've just been watering a fake plant ever since. Yeah, man. I love that. Happens to uh, we should talk about movies. Let's talk about uh, movies, man. We're kind of in it now. I like to um, think that we de- we lose half of our audience in the intro. Yeah. Because they just think this is what the podcast is about. Um, we have, we're starting decades. We're in, we're, we are in our decades month. So uh, from here on out, every week, we are ascending by one decade. 
and reviewing one movie from that decade. We are starting with the 1930s, and we are watching the Charlie Chaplin classic, Modern Times. If you don't want to hear us talk about this, you can skip ahead to this time code right here. Time code. 2553. Alex, I'm going to let you start this conversation. Okay. So here's the thing. This movie is a couple of things. One of them being black and white. Another thing being it's a silent film. So if you're not familiar with silent films, they're still voiceover sometimes. And there's music overtures and themes. And then there'll be like uh, an artist who goes through and adds sound effects if it's relevant. But most of the time, you can tell when something's being filmed, the lips aren't out in sync. What's happening doesn't make sense. So there's no audio being recorded when it's recorded. That being said, this movie isn't bad, bro. You can get over that when you realize, oh, this is just what this movie is. For me, it's just like, oh, we're watching a musical. People are just going to break out in song. This is just what that is. Oh, we're watching an animated movie. It's just going to be animated. Don't expect things to be real. So when I was watching this, I'm like, oh, there's just no sound. Um, or And there's going to be music and stuff. I'm just going to need to pay attention. Yes. Which was my folly. Um, I agree 100% with what you said. Like when you go into a movie with, um, I would say you just like extreme separation from what we can, like what we would expect from a movie now, like you got to go in with a different mindset. And I went in with that mindset of like, I just, I have to pay attention. And I'm like, this is a comedy. So as long as it's funny, I'm good. However, Craig, you anticipate a movie made almost 90 years ago to hold up in terms of comedy? I was optimistic. I was choosing to go in with an open mind. Um, I was failed horribly. This movie is not funny. And I was bored for most of it. Um, There was a couple parts that did make me laugh. Because this movie is basically a story of a guy who can't get out of jail, bro. Yes. He is in and um, out of prison so many times. Also, this movie tells you what it's about in the beginning. Yeah. Like, there's mm-hmm. a title card that says, hey, this is what this movie's about. Um, there was a quite a few funny parts, like when he does cocaine and dodges yeah. bullets. Yes. Big fan uh, of that. There are a few, like, s- segments that I would say are funny, but no whole bits I think were good. Um. So what I mean by that, so there's a scene where um, in order to approve efficiency, the factory he's working at tries to optimize lunch by having a robot that scene by having a robot feed the workers while they're on the assembly line. And this bit goes on for like 10 minutes where Charlie Chaplin is strapped to this malfunctioning robot that is feeding him forcefully feeding him the wrong things catching on fire and just going wrong in every way possible as a bit that was not funny however there's just like one bit where he gets hit in the face with a uh with the corn on the cob and i'm like all right you caught me off guard with that one and i respect it yeah because the corn on the cob was like rotating at a point where i'm like oh he's losing skin bro (laughs) yeah he's gonna lose Uh, teeth to this and so that cocaine bit It came after another not funny bit where he's fighting an inmate for a piece of bread, but he's just like pulling elementary school pranks on him to get his attention away. And I'm like, this is just like, that wasn't funny. But then it led to him accidentally doing cocaine. And I'm like, all right, this is funny. But then it didn't really go anywhere. And I'm like, oh, this was the bit you should have expanded on. Um, And there's a bit where uh, one of his coworkers gets trapped in the gears of a machine. Yeah. And he's trying to get him out by pulling all these different levers. And again, didn't find that funny. However, there is a sequence where, (laughs) where while he's trying to pull him out, they have to break for lunch. So he's eating lunch next to this dude trapped in a machine. And like that isolated, it's kind of funny. But, like, everything before and after wasn't really a fan of. This movie is just, like, I don't know. I just think it's paced in such a way that we have aged out of. I think that 
there is a demographic of people that still finds this funny, but that is a gross, gross minority of people. Yeah, um, I think the closest thing you could relate it to is maybe like the Three Stooges. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. It's very slapstick, because... very like over the top. And if you think, you know, a guy getting in precarious situations over and over and over again is funny, then yeah, this will be funny. Yeah, like uh, th- when he's on the assembly line and he falls down the assembly line, then they pull him back up, then he goes back in and he gets ground up in the gears and then they reverse the footage to pull him back up. Like, I I, kind of knew that I wasn't going to enjoy this movie pretty early on because when he's on that first assembly line and he's, like, tightening those nuts or whatever Mm -hmm. and he has to keep chasing down the assembly line and then running back and then chasing down the assembly line and his coworker keeps, like, pushing him and, like, the joke is that he keeps falling behind and I'm like, what? I'm not getting much out of this. Right. I... I cut it a lot of slack for being old. And for those who don't know, this is Chaplin's last silent film. It's filled with sound effects and music. Um, But after this, everyone was making stuff with sound in it. Uh, Apparently, they called them talkies. Um, But it's basically, he's just in production lines. He's in factories. And he gets in and out of prison. He gets mistaken for a communist real quick. And it's, it's supposed to be portraying the modern life in that time i think it takes place in the 20s and this is came out in 37 yeah it's it it's very big late stage capitalism vibes uh where it's just a lot of like maximizing efficiency uh you know trying to deal with the depression but still making sure that the corporate heads get their cut and all that stuff uh it's not super important other than the fact that you know that he's in and out of work just as often as he is jail right uh i think it also goes to show and this is going to apply to most of our decades movies it's a famous movie there's a bunch of iconic scenes that you might see from memes or referenced in other movies like the blindfold roller skating yep yeah um a lot of people know this movie from um it's rated number 40 of top movies of all time on imdb um, which is which nuts. let's just say real quick it got grandfathered into that role <laughs> yeah dude that's high up 40 of all time um it's it's just a classic it's a charlie chaplin movie as far as just so you guys know f- this is 40 after this n- below 40 42 american history x 43 whiplash 44 gladiator 45 the departed 48 prestige 49 casablanca which we're doing next week 50, uh, like, I mean, these movies, 54 is Apocalypse Now, 55 is Memento. These movies are amazing. And this yeah. movie's just old. And <laughs> yeah. there's a bunch of film students who watched this and said, oh my gosh, if you look at the history of this movie and the time it came out, this is really groundbreaking. And this is last Charlie Chaplin's last silent film, so it marks the end of an era. Dude, um, for uh, what it like- is, it reminds me of a live-action Tom and Jerry. Yeah, like I want to give this movie credit. It, I want to respect it as a piece of film history because it genuinely is that, and that's why it is on so many lists because of the history and and what it carries. But like in terms, if you don't care about that, you're gonna have a difficult time committing to this movie. I think. Yeah, dude. It was. I think this would be this would be hard if you genuinely don't enjoy old movies this is not going to be the thing that changes your mind go back to last year's decades watch gone with the wind instead yeah um and i just really had a hard time getting over the not talking parts and i understand that that is on me um and and that's not the movie's fault however it's just like there it got to a point where they started using so many title cards yes. for dialogue. Yep. I'm just like, there's like eight lines of dialogue here. What is going on? Yeah. And it, so I, and, I had to watch this movie in chunks because it was difficult for me to sit down and like have my focus on this and only this. And it's only an hour and a half. And yeah. so just like, I, I really wish... It could have lived up to the hype um, because there are old movies that are funny. I think that Some Like It Hot is a very funny movie. 
Um, but in the end, this just like wasn't it for me. There's also this uh, homeless woman whose dad dies and she <laughs> runs away with Charlie Chaplin, and that's kind of it for her in terms of like character development. I mean, they uh, want to live together and. While he's in prison, she uh, finds a shack for them to live in, and then that's a whole long bit of how big of a dump this place is. Yeah, there were, and there was a sequence that I, I think it just really uh, highlights how um, exaggerated the slapstick style was back then, because there's a, a sequence where uh, Charlie Chaplin like falls through some of the siding and falls into a small pond and the way he sold it, it looked like he was drowning and also being attacked by four alligators at the same time. Right. However, I could see the pond was not that deep. (laughs) He was laying down and it didn't go above his shoulders. So I'm just like, this is, this is just a product from a different time. And I, appreciate that and i accept that but just looking at it and trying to get a subjective opinion on it i just like i can't vibe with it um however i will say much like liberty stands still there's so much going on in this movie that you'll forget about parts like i forgot that he got a job at a department store yeah also had a bar and that bar got held up and his yeah. girlfriend was in there and fell asleep in the mattress store. Like, there's a Because pr- that multiple... sequence is like four minutes. It's, and that's it. It's so, so much is happening that you will forget that certain parts happened. And they're just no big deal. Like, this dude is legitimately a communist. He also, like, gets hopped up on cocaine and goes to prison, dodges bullets, gets out, rescues a homeless woman. They live in a department store. They live in a shack. Then they go get jobs, and he's a waiter. And I'm not really sure what she does, a showgirl? Something like that. And then somehow he gets the job of performing. He leaves being oh a waiter. Oh, my God. And then he comes oh. back as a performer the same night. Talk about checked out. <laughs> oh, like, my God. I'm like, what is happening? I am so lost. Because he... F- Sings like a full, full French or Italian aria. Oh, and he's like, making it up. He's like, these are French words that rhyme. So it's just, the bit was lost on me. It was lost on me and it went on for a while. Also, he needs to find an honest job out of prison. So that's when he becomes a mechanic at a factory. And that's when the whole like hurting his trainer mentor getting stuck in the gears. And then they also have a, a section where I think a toolbox get lost in the gears and it starts throwing stuff up. Um, there's just literally too much going on in this movie and it happens in 90 minutes. And, and I had this realization several times throughout the course of the movie is it just, it doesn't feel like a movie. It just feels like a guy in a sequence of situations. Like it just a better version of this movie now is taking the funniest parts and boiling them down to like 60 second clips. This movie felt like a compilation. Yeah. Where like nothing, it barely clung together. And I, you just had to appreciate the moment for what it was. And there was no plot. Like there, what was the end? They made a lot of money from the show. They didn't get a real, did they get a real house? I don't know, bro. There's like no real resolution. You just have to be like, their life is better now because they have money. Yeah. I just, there's, I think I've said everything that I care to say about it. Um, This, again, old movie, generous with that. That's carrying a lot of weight here. I think I give it like a six. Yeah, I'm going to give it a five and a half. It's it's a whatever movie. Like, I think if you like movies, you should see a Charlie Chaplin movie. It doesn't have to be this one. Just pick one, get a feel for the style, and then not watch it again. I'm never going to watch this movie again. It just doesn't mean anything to me. Because I've seen behind the scenes stuff for this movie before. They kind of just circulate around. And it's genuinely impressive, the filmmaking that they do. Uh, filmmaking had to be way more creative in the 20s and 30s than they have to be now. Um, you still can be creative, but back then you had to be. Well, everything and, is practical effects. Everything had to be and, done in real life. And I think that this 
movie is like a really good showcase of that. But at the end of the day, um, filmmaking can only take, uh, can only, you know, increase my enjoyment of a movie so much. Yeah. Uh, dude, I don't have much to say about this movie. Here's the thing. Gone with the wild, gone with the wild, gone with the wind was better. So much better. If you're going to watch a movie from the thirties, make it that one. Also, didn't Wizard of Oz come out during this time? Yep. Yeah. Watch that. Dude, you've seen good 1930s movies. This one came out in 36, 37. You can skip it. There's If you're looking for a movie from the 30, 30s, there's other ones. So don't worry about it. All right, Alex, are you ready for our improv segment? Let's do our improv segment, man. This is one we did kind of recently. I want to have oh, a Oh, before we do that, it. do you want to oh. welcome back our non-movie listeners? Yeah, welcome back, non-movie listeners. Um, I hope you enjoyed skipping part of our podcast. That's okay. I didn't put any work into it. But we're going to move on to our improv segment. Uh, this is one that we did kind of recently, but I want us to take another crack at it. Uh, this one is called Sweep Edits. The way this works is we're just going to do an improv scene and along the way, uh, we're going to give each other uh, like really big notes about just like the tone and attitude of the other person's character. Sweet. And we're just going to have to like rework that. I'm cool with it, man. I think we should be an AA. And one of us can be like the sponsor leader of the event. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking uh, you are like, this is your first AA meeting and I'm the leader of it. And you're like long time servers, like sober. But I, I was thinking I'm sick of this job. So like I'm phoning it in. Okay. But you've been sober for like 35 years. Yeah. This is like second nature to you. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. Uh, welcome to AA. Uh, sorry, the coffee is a little cold. Um, I had to get in early because uh, the church said that they would lock their doors after 6 p.m. So I had to hop in a little early to get it done. It's okay, man. Um, the caffeine is what I need. Oh, my gosh. It just makes me. I need hey, something. Terrence, str- Ter- hey, Terrence. Yes. Love the energy. All right. You're at a 10. I need you at a six. Listen, man. A five of you can handle it. Hear me out. Hi, everyone. My name's Terrence. Hi, Terrence. Hi. Um, So... I recently relapsed after six months. Um, I am now four days sober, and the caffeine reminds me of my favorite bourbon. And my favorite bourbon reminds me of cocaine. And cocaine reminds me of my ex-wife. And we all know how that ended last. And right now, I am gritting my teeth through this, and I don't think I can make it. All right. Does anyone else want to share? Um, actually, I, I was asking for advice what? if I can get some help here. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Help, help, help. Oh, um, I'm going to stop no, right here. Uh, hey, s- wait, 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 before we go on. Um, I think it'd be more interesting if your character was like ethnic. Can you like do some Spanglish? Like maybe you're mixed or like when you're, your dad is Puerto Rican, your mom is like Irish. Yeah, so if yeah, you can yeah, just yeah, like yeah. say some words in Spanish, some words not, you know, this is you're bilingual. Okay. okay got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, help, help, help. Well, um, okay, so let's do like a, like a scenario, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, scenario, is you, that like Spanish or something? I don't know what that means. Yeah, it's Spanish for scenario. <laughs> okay, um, gotcha. So you be you, and I will um, offer you a drink at a party, okay? Sweet. And let's just kind of go through this together. Okay. Hola, como a alcohol? Yes, please. Okay, see, that's kind of where your first mistake is, is you're like, you should say no, which is Spanish for no. Right. Here's my thing. I want it. Um, okay, okay, and I understand that. Okay, so let's, let's, uh, how about, let's say yes for now and see if we can find a spot along the way where you can have the willpower to say no later on. All right? Okay, man. I'm freaking itchy right now um hey alex um i think that your character is a little too um willing to receive help and i think that my character would find more energy and motivation in the scene if he had someone to like butt up against okay yeah okay yeah yeah yeah. uh so so let's just start the scenario over again Mm -hmm. hola como es this scenario is freaking stupid i've been coming here for months and nothing is working. Four okay. days ago, I lost the biggest streak I've ever had in my life. I've been drinking since I was in seventh grade. 
This oh. talk therapy isn't working. Most, hey, and, most of you guys here, you're going to relapse like me. It doesn't get better. And you said that you were in ninth grade, correct? No, seventh grade. I was in middle school. No, I'm saying you're in ninth grade now. Well, yeah. What do I, <laughs> what do you think I'm, obviously, dude, I'm a freshman, right? I got to This is AA junior. Okay. See, here's the thing. This is AA for adults. You're looking for AA junior, which is up which is upstairs. Dude, those guys are kindergartners hooked on phonics. <laughs> I yeah, I know. Listen, hooked on man. phonics. <laughs> hooked on phonics. Okay? I need something harder, man. My mom got a secondhand DUI driving me over here because I was way over the limit. She got pulled um, over and blew a a two eight. Think of where my I'm at, man. Hey, Alex, uh, your character seems a little too like committed to this alcohol thing. Do you think you could pivot to something a little more family friendly? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So, uh, can you just like go over again what you think I can help you with? So, I need something to replace my alcoholism. It's a serious problem, and the only thing I found that can compare is kissing my cousin. <laughs> It has the same edge of things I'm not supposed to be doing. (laughs) But also, no one's getting hurt. No one's getting hurt. I'm going to tell you this right now. This is some genuine advice. Um, When the holiday season rolls around, um, don't do mistletoe, all right? I know that you think that, like, oh, what a fun little excuse. The only thing I will say is for some reason, her tongue tastes weird. Okay. Um, actually, I'm uncomfortable. I think you need professional individual help. Would anyone else like to talk? No? Good. I'm done. Cox gun. <laughs> My brain's like family friendly, family friendly. Oh, do you know what is super family friendly? Good times, man. Let's do oh, another. Okay. Yeah. Uh, got any um, ideas? Yeah. I think, uh... I am a I'm a fast food worker and you are a customer that like completely does not understand the limitations of what we can do. I love it. So All right. um should we be in a drive through or did I come inside? Uh, I think I think in the lobby makes okay. more sense. Hey man. Um Hi, what can I get for you? Do you guys have a menu? Yeah, it's on the screen above you. It rotates, so if you don't see everything you want, just give it a second. Um, I appreciate it. However, I didn't bring my glasses, so I'm going to need a close-up menu. Um, is there something you think that you're looking for? Because um, I can just kind of tell it to you. I really appreciate if you could like print me off a menu so I could look at it. Well, sir, we don't have any printers here, uh, so I'm afraid What do you mean that... you don't have printers here? Hey, call up your guy at the library or corporate. Have them send a couple over. A couple of printers over? No, or or menus. Menus would probably be easier. Uh, why am I telling you how to do your job? Call corporate, have them deliver, and I'll I'll wait here. Yeah, let me go do that real quick. Hello, corporate, this is Craig. Some guy wants a menu. Oh, we don't have those physical menus? I'll let him know. Click. Hey, bud, corporate just said we don't have any physical menus. Hey, can I speak to your manager, please? Um, yeah, let me go get him real quick. Ooh. Hi, I'm Craig. I'm the manager. Hey, Craig. Um, I just want you to know that I have a master's in psychology. Hey, real quick. Um, let's bump that down to an associate's. Okay. Hey, Craig. I'll have you know I have an associate's in psychology. Okay. And guess what? And a minor (laughs) in accounting. And I'm not going to talk to anyone who hasn't graduated high school yet. So if you can send me your most qualified worker, I think we'd have a more educated conversation. Well, unfortunately, as you can tell, I'm the only person in the building. We are understaffed and you're just going to have to work with me. Now, can I get you some chicken nuggets? Actually, that goes against my dietary restrictions. So what I need you to do is source some gluten-free oil for frying them. Um, obviously I can't, I have peanut allergies, so no peanut oil and canola oil will not work either. Um, in my experience, you need, uh, actual avocado oil. It takes a little bit, but I'm sure you can source them in the back. I'm sure you have this problem all the time. 
Also, I, uh, um, the French fries, lightly salted. It is very important that it's lightly salted. I'm watching my blood pressure. And hold on. Yes. You're watching your blood pressure and you came to a fast food restaurant? It's not. Listen, man, I'm hungry. Okay. I'm gonna, actually, before you say your next line, I think you need to be getting more and more impatient. If you can, like, speak really fast, I think that would move the scene along faster. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So I'm hungry. And it's your job. I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but the customer's always right. So you're in the service industry. Serve me. Listen, listen, listen. You think that you're hungry? I'm hungry, man. I've been behind this counter since six in the morning. So if you think that you can just walk in here, give me all of your attitude and say, hey, I'm hungry. So am I, bud. Hey, that's great. I appreciate it. But if you want a tip at the end of this, I'm willing to do 15%, but right now you're looking at more of a seven. So on top of- I'm not allowed to accept tips. So I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go chop up a head of lettuce just for you, my man. And I'm going to throw like a whole olive in there. And then we're going to put some- Are those black olives or green olives? Hey, man. Which one would you like? Green, please. But with the center, I, I want it cored out. No no core. Mm, perfect. Can do. Now, here's your salad, man. That's $300. Okay. I'm just making an observation here. I asked for balsamic vinegar. This is clearly ranch. And well, I don't know if you know. Balsamic vinegar is on the condiment stand three feet behind you. But as you know, if you want a five-star rating on Yelp... I don't care about the rating on Yelp. Hey, do you know whose livelihood is tied to Yelp? Not mine. Well, if you want to ever get promoted, I will speak to your supervisor. And all I need is some... If you could lose the attitude, okay, that would help. Now, if you could also provide me a beverage... Preferably from the Andes Mountains, maybe glacier water. I would appreciate it. And it doesn't even have to be sparkling. I'll take still. Oh, yeah? Well, I'm about to make you still, Cox Gun. Beautiful. Now, let me tell you, playing that character made me very uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta get as imposing as possible. That was brutal, dude. I would hate that person. I would be so... That person would end up on the internet, guaranteed. Oh, yeah. R slash public freakout, 100%. Um, all right, m- middle segment. Moonlighting. This is where... Oh, hey. Um, so we thought about it for literally more than one second, and uh, there's no way we're going to be able to fit our Oscar discussion into a moonlighting. That's just going to be a bonus episode. We don't know when it's going to come out quite yet, but y- you'll know as soon as we know. Um, so we're going to do a moonlighting now where we just kind of go over everything that we've been watching and playing and reading and stuff like that. Um, Alex, what if, uh, do, do, do you want to start? Yes. So I've been watching some more stand-up. I, Ali Wong's new special is on Netflix, and it's a banger. Now, let me also oh, say, don't watch it with your parents. Don't watch it with your <laughs> girlfriend. Don't watch it with your partner. Don't watch it with anyone you wouldn't be comfortable watching like a sex scene with. Because there's a couple parts where you're going to be like, this is kind of (laughs) icky. And I'm glad I was watching it with headphones on by myself. Because it's, I wouldn't, I don't need that super like explicit humor. But I get why it makes a joke funny. The devil's in the details. But it would make anyone you're watching it with very uncomfortable. So while we're talking about stand-up, uh, I want to highlight how different our taste in stand-up is because there is some overlap. I think that, you know, some of the big comedians, you know, we both like for various reasons. However, I watched that. I I try a keyword tried to watch that. um, Bring back a poo special. Yeah. And dude, that was not it. I think I just don't like that guy's style of comedy. Because it just felt super sensational with mm-hmm. not really much substance. Yeah, it was a Kosh Singh. Uh, it's a YouTube special, if you guys remember me talking about it. He uh, 
does a podcast with uh, Schultz, Andrew Schultz. And I, it's just high energy, hot takes. And that's, that's my kind of thing, bro. Yeah, it's just yeah. I th- like I said, that's just a very it, it's a showcase of our differential stuff. Where I'm just like I I didn't feel like I got much out of it, but I, I like you. Hey, w- like you said, I didn't feel like I wasted my time. All right, man. Um, and I appreciate that. Uh, that being said, you're not gonna like any of the other standups I'm gonna list. Um, <laughs> so, so I watched Ali Wong. I watched Roy Wood Jr.'s special. I think it came out in 2020 or 2021. It's called Father Figure. That special is so hard to find, bro. It's on Comedy Comedy Central, which you have to have a cable subscription to, which I do not. <laughs> the only other way to watch it is on Facebook TV. Ooh. So that's what I did. And that special was good, bro. I think it was better than Allie's. It was some parts were just downright hilarious. Because I like him on The Daily Show. Yes. If you like him on The Daily Show, you'll like him here. Okay. Um. A lot of it's racial. I think it's funny. A lot of it is just like being poor. A lot of it is just like talking about everything he talks about in the daily show. He talks about in here in depth. So if you dig him on the daily show, then cool. If it's you're watching the daily show to learn something and not for laughs, (laughs) then this is not going to be the one for you. Um, I also rewatched Dusty Slay special, Nate Bargatze special, and then uh brian simpson all of those three that i named are all on netflix they all are on a series called the stand-ups i would highlight dusty slay and brian simpson they are nothing alike so you're gonna like one or the other <laughs> but they were very good i hit it out of the park with stand-up this week good um i watched peacemaker all of it um i i, I didn't start it until the last episode had come out and then I marathoned it all in like three days. Good um, grief. There's only like eight episodes, so that's not a super lot. But that being said, you and I don't marathon TV very heavily. Um, and I went into it very cautious because you walk away from the Suicide Squad. So they announced the Peacemaker spinoff show before the Suicide Squad, before the Suicide Squad movie came out um, and watching it. I feel like most people walked away like of all the characters to make a spinoff show with. This is the guy you chose. Well, I think it's because there was three other people that were like, I would rather watch this one. Yeah. But this, oh, dude, it was so good. It, it delivered. It really delivered. It is. I mean, like it's James Gunn. You know, he wrote and directed 80% of it. Um, so if you liked the Suicide Squad, it's just more of that. Um, it's a little less bloody, um, but like not by much. Um, and I think John Cena like really knocks it out of the park. Like if you want to talk about someone who's like had a genuine career transformation, like John Cena, he like, I think Peacemaker solidifies me taking him as an actor seriously. I here's the thing when I watched Peacemaker it made me like him over Dwayne yeah because I've seen him as P as Peacemaker in Suicide Squad it came off like oh John Cena knows he's John Cena okay yeah and he's gonna play character ironic characters Dwayne Johnson stopped playing ironic characters he did back when he was doing the tooth fairy and the game plan and now he's out here doing half you know, a quarter billion dollar movies, stupid budgets with Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot and they suck. Okay. So I know that Dwayne paid the way for John Cena, but he's doing better than you, bro. And yeah. Dave Bautista's in there t- as well. Of the three, I think John Cena's doing the best right now as far as he really acting is. goes. So like if you were if you were cautious about Peacemaker, I would I would definitely take the plunge. Uh it's only eight episodes so it's not that much of a time sink if you wanted to commit to it. Um, I it I would equate it to I think it's this year's Invincible. Like I, I think they're on the same whoa, level, bro. What? Yeah. I just I really liked it. Huh? Um, in terms of movies, I watched uh, Death on the Nile with my parents, and mm, as someone who really likes the concept of murder mysteries, 
This one I didn't love. Did you see it coming? That's a big complaint from everyone watching Murder Mysteries. Um, I've said this before where I try to actively not predict movies. I try to let the movie take me. So I um, kind of, they like, what the movie does is it plays on a lot of, uh, what's it, cliches. Plays on a lot of cliches. And sometimes it uh, circumvents the cliche, and sometimes they circumvent the cliche by doubling down on the cliche. And that doesn't always work, and it didn't really work with this one. Oh, no. Uh, the two things that I would that I would complain about this movie overall, there's a lot about this movie that I don't like, but I just can't put my finger on it. There are two things that I can put my finger on. One, the cinematography sucks and is bad. <laughs> Do you know how bad your cinematography has to be for me to notice? Pretty bad. Good grief. And I, so I just thought it was shot very poorly. And the second thing is the crime doesn't happen until halfway through the movie. So is it the first half just exposition, like meeting the characters? Yeah. It's all meeting the characters. But if you look at the cast list, you're like, huh, I bet this movie spends a lot more time with certain characters than it does others. You're correct. (laughs) (laughs) And that is true for the first hour of this movie. It's like, there are some characters that I should probably get to know more before the murder. No. Okay. Okay, cool. And the reason why I wanted to, the reason why this stumps me, because the star of this movie is Kenneth Branagh. The director of this movie is Kenneth Branagh. And he also wrote and directed Belfast, which is nominated for Best Picture for the Oscars. I saw Belfast, and this is all I'm going to say about it before we do our big Oscar thing. And the cinematography in Belfast was beautiful. And so I'm like, clear, okay, so they have the same director, so maybe the cinematographer goofed it. They had the same cinematographer! (laughs) So it sounds like... They really... Okay, so which one came out first? Belfast. Well... <laughs> but but they made Death on the Nile first. Death on the Nile has been completed since, like, late 2019. Uh, it just got goofed because of the, you know, the ongoing sickness. Dude. Uh... Um, so I'm just like, it's just, it's one of those, like, marvels of human nature where, like, clearly you guys are capable of this. You just whiffed it on this one. <laughs> So Death on the Nile is like a five, five and a half for me. Yikes, I didn't care dude. for it. Well, I watched two thirds of the Tindler, Tinder Swindler. Yeah, that's a doc. Is that a documentary? It's a documentary movie on Netflix. Okay. About a person posing as a billionaire and scamming women into sending him money. My kind of guy. Now. He is handsome, and he does this by, say he takes one girl out, okay? He has money. Let's say all you need to start this scam, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you in tips, ladies and gentlemen. All you need to start this scam is about 100 grand. That's it. The, oh, yeah. Let me just pull that right. out of my pocket You take quick. one girl out. You fly her private. You take your private jet somewhere. Stay, nice hotel, caviar. Take her to a club, bottle service, right? Then... She has to go home, work and stuff. And then you text her. You say, hey, you were amazing. Would it be okay if we dated? Would it be okay if we saw each other again? Then you come see her again in her town, take her out to a super nice dinner. And then this guy poses as a person in the diamond business. He goes, I work with diamonds. It's very hard to source these authentically. I'm constantly battling people who have conflict diamonds. It's a dangerous job. It's a very wealthy business, but it's very dangerous. So then he disappears. He's like, hey, I got to go on business. I'm touring the world. I'll send you pictures from Egypt, which whatever. So then he'll send a message like, hey, I'm in a very dangerous deal. I don't have access to my cards right now. I need you to send me $20,000. And you just flew private with this guy. He just spent probably seventy dollars to $100,000 wowing you. You'll send him twenty grand, okay? And he's like, okay, perfect. And what you don't know is he's taking another girl out, flying private, doing all this stuff that he did with you with your money. And then he goes, hey, man, I can't do this. I need to go get another loan. I can pay you back. I'm going to put you on payroll for my company. I'm going to send you a check for 200 grand. I need you to just sign up for a bunch of credit cards, super high limit, send me the money. 
The check is in the mail. He takes a picture of it, sends it to you. So then you just send him 150 grand. So now you're in the hole, so much money. And he's spending that money with the next girl. You get a check in the mail for 200 grand. It bounces. You don't have any money. You call him up. Hey, I'm in a really bad way. I know you're in a dangerous situation, but I don't have the money. He goes, listen, I need 50 grand more. I'm not going to ask you for anything more. I'm going to put you on my payroll. I'll send you another check. I'll wire it to your bank account. You should be good. You get more money from him. He sends you another check. It bounces. You never hear from him again. He goes, hey, sorry, this isn't going to work out. And then he does it over and over and over again with these girls. And he lives an extravagant life. He's living off other people's dime. And because it works so well, he's constantly convincing the next girl he's a billionaire. And that's how it works. Yeah, that is way too much commitment. And there are way too many times for it to fail. Also, um, I will say this only works if you're handsome. Yes. You need to look like you're a billionaire. <laughs> um, the trick, apparently online. First of all, this guy just did an interview where he says all this Netflix thing was a lie. Doubt it. Uh, second thing, because um, <laughs> American Express has heard of this guy, which is not a good thing. Yeah. Probably not a lie then. Also, can you imagine if that interview went the other way? Like, yeah, that's all true. What are you going to do? <laughs> Arrest me? Oh, the cops are here? Sorry, my bad. But apparently a bunch of people are judging these women because they're like, what, you'd love this guy so much you're going to send him all this money? We'll be like, not only did you love him, you also thought he had it. You had no reason to believe he didn't have it. He flew you out private. That cost 40 grand right there. He's getting bottle service. These one of these bottles, 2,500 bucks. You have no reason to believe he doesn't, can't pay you. So like a lot of people are like, wow, these women are so stupid. They, they just want to love so bad. They're so lonely and so desperate. Obviously, this is what you do for an attractive guy. But you're also like, they have no reason to believe this wouldn't work. Yeah, it's like, uh, it is a straight up like sugar daddy scenario. Right. You know, like, yeah, I'm giving him a little bit, but he just sent me a check for 200 grand. So I think I can give him 50 grand more. I'm netting positive right now. And then it just doesn't work. And all these women are crying and they're like, I still owe money, which Netflix should definitely help them out with. What the heck? Yeah, my dude. Come on. <laughs> but they're on. like bawling, be like, I didn't know what to do. It's been in your number 10 for like a week. <laughs> I think you've made your money back. And they're like um, crying, saying it's a horrible situation. They were getting called by eight different creditors. They were doomed and they never knew how they're going to recover. They had to reach out to their parents because they couldn't pay their rent. Like horrible scenarios and multiple girls are in this movie and I didn't finish it. So there's no resolution, but I've seen a couple of memes yeah. where some woman takes advantage of him. <laughs> so hopefully that happens, but that's the Tinder swindler. Yeah. Gosh. Um, I watched uncharted. Oh, how was it uh, today? Yeah. I was unimpressed. <laughs> Um, I went into it cautiously optimistic because I heard a lot of people, I heard more than one person say, I went in expecting awful and was pleasantly surprised. So that was kind of the mindset I was going into, but I, it, um, it was boring. It was just boring. Cause what's about, is it, have you played the game? I'm familiar enough with the first game and like Mm -hmm. kind of, but like. I think it just it tried to do that thing where it's like it's our own take, but we're still going to have some shot for shot recreations from the video game. So, you know, we aren't completely abandoning it. Good. Great. Um, it's just like, yeah, I thought the plot was boring. I didn't like Mark Wahlberg in it. Tom Holland is fine. But like the thing that sells this movie is the action sequences. I think they do the action sequences so very incredibly well. Like the last, I don't know, 20 minutes of the movie is, you know, of, um, it's just a very good fight scene that takes, I mean, they show this in the trailer where it takes place on old pirate ships, uh, being carried by helicopters across the ocean and they're fighting with them and on them. And I'm well, like, and, and yeah, cool. it was very, very cool. So just like whenever they did plot stuff, it wasn't great. There are a few times where they try to go undercover and like they do a few jokes, but it's not interesting. Um, I would probably watch the second one ju- if they like kind of get their writing together. Yeah. And it, it's one of those movies where like nobody trusts anybody and everybody double crosses everybody and who everybody you think is on your team isn't. And I'm like, guys, come on. 
can we not with Dude, this? <laughs> this just feels like the male version of Tomb Raider. Yeah, I mean, people say that about the video games as well. Oh, sweet. Um, yeah. Uh, so it's like a six and a quarter for me. Okay. The action saves most of this movie. Um, but yeah, I, you know, do with that as you will. Sure. I probably won't watch it. Mark Wahlberg is all over the place, bro. He's Yo, truly unpredictable. I just want to say the after credit scene from this movie is in the trailer. Why, dude? Whoever's coming up with these trailers is dumb. Yeah, it just. Oh, also, I found out that Mark Wahlberg is in a movie about um, like this. I don't know, kind of like gambling guy okay. turned priest. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Called yeah, Father Stu. Just came out, and yeah. So I'm just like, who? What are you doing, Mark? What is this? It's it because it's Mark Wahlberg and Mel Gibson, and I'm like, hey man, I don't know if you. I don't know what your relationship with your reputation is, but if you don't like it, you're doing a good job of showing it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much all I have to talk about in Moonlighting. Dude, you boys still trucking down Old Faithful. Yeah. Freaking, I'm on season 10 of Survivor. Okay, okay. Season 9 was a dumpster what does that mean? fire. It's how the does, worst how does season. a season of Survivor what? become a dumpster fire compared to the others? When there's when there's no good character, I would say characters. But there's no good people. Like the personalities suck. When you already know who's going to win, pretty much, or it's not close, or like when there's episode to episode, you have a pretty good idea what's going to happen. So a lot of times, when there's a guys versus girls, like in the beginning, there's a girl tribe and a guy tribe. You know, if you, just by watching, or well, if, when you've watched as many seasons as I have, you know the girls will stick together and the guys won't because guys are more likely to win challenges and the girls aren't likely to win challenges. So what ends up happening is the girls will vote the guys off. And that happens is in season nine is you get to a point when there's six girls and one dude. And you're like, why am I watching this? We all know what's going to happen. We all know what's going to happen. And that pissed me off. It pissed me off. Um, And you knew that was going to happen before you got there. Now here in season 10... You don't know what's going to happen. And season 10 is good, but I there's 40 some seasons, bro. Like, I'm just checking in. Also still <laughs> watching Blacklist. I'm in season six. Season six is somehow worse than season five. And I'm upset. Awesome. Um, does a bad season of the Blacklist, uh, how does that modify your motivation to continue watching it? I'm going to watch it through purely because I've put too much time in. They're 40 minute, 45, 40 minute episodes. I just mean like, do you like maybe not watch it? Maybe you're watching it every other day. No, I watch it more to get it over with. I'm grinding through. If I don't pay attention, it's whatever. If I fall asleep halfway through the episode, it's whatever. If, if other things happen, it's no big deal Sure. because I don't care, bro. And there's only a couple characters I like. I want bad things to happen to people. Like, I don't know if they've, I think they've jumped. I've reached the point where they jumped the ship. I'm at shark. the end of season five. They, they jumped the shark where something happens where you're like, well, this is, what are we doing, bro? Like what they did equivalently, this is worse than bringing someone back from the dead. This would be like waking up. And season five of an eight season season where you're like, oh, yeah, this one character who you love this whole time is a ghost. And you're like, wait, what? And they're like, yeah, not real. That's basically what happened. I didn't spoil it for anybody, but that's the level of jumping the shark they just did. And uh, it's pissing I am me so off. excited to hear when you conclude the blacklist. I'm not recommending it, by the way. I'm going to nail down, watch it from here to here. Do not go further or also be trapped. I am, I've lost too much time and I'm already daydreaming of what I'm going to watch next. <laughs> I am so excited for you to reach the end of your journey. <laughs> yeah. Me too. And the problem is it's still coming out. So I guess I'll kill myself. All right. Uh, are you ready for our one hit wonder? All right. We're going back to some TikTok trends. We haven't visited this theme in a hot minute. Uh, this one is called the Victorian child. Uh, there's this trend on TikTok that's basically like uh, what I'm going to show to the Victorian child as soon as I step out of the time machine. And the the joke is like, what can you choose that would shock the system of a, of a Victorian child so intensely? Like, if you were to have a Victorian child listen to hyperpop, their brain would yes. explode. 
So I want to see if we can come up with more things to show a Victorian child or give to a Victorian child that would uh, ruin their life, I I would say. This is still blows my mind. Bluetooth. Yeah, just like... Hey, I'm going to put something on this magical (laughs) device. It's going to send it to that magical device all the way over there. And we're going to walk around. There's no wires. We can turn up the volume, drop down the volume, hey, change the first song. First of all, you know how you don't even understand sound recording yet? <laughs> Get gonna, ready. That device over there is going to be possessed by a demon that makes music. <laughs> yeah. I think um, if you gave them anything, if you gave them like a ghost pepper, I'm pretty sure that they would the explode. Poisons. That's the thing. They'd be like, oh, yes. I've been yeah. horribly poisoned. <laughs> You're trying to end my bloodline. Um, I think they would be extremely impressed with magic. Just, <laughs> Just close like close up, up magic, slight hand magic, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a quick way to die, unfortunately. But I think they would be extremely <laughs> impressed. I think if you showed a Victorian child a picture from a modern fashion show. He would think that you were showing him pictures of aliens and or prostitutes. Me, I mean, I, I, well, maybe, I think it's just the fact maybe. that like the bar is um, so low that if there's ankle or leg or cleavage or back, <laughs> yeah. or we can see this woman's neck. Game over. Uh, their temptresses. I think a leaf blower would <laughs> you, harness the power and of it's the wind. Strong and it's loud and it wouldn't make any sense. Um, dog whistles would be freaking. Fire. You're summoning beasts. Um, I think that we need to think of things that like are things that they can relate to, right? Like a speedboat. They know what boats are. And if we can show them one that can go a hundred miles an hour, they would lose okay, it. Okay, so Victorian area, they had guns, but they were just like yeah. black powder rifles. So it's like whole it's a whole process. I think tasers would be real tasers also if we told them about lasik eye surgery like hey you know glasses we shoot beams of light into our eye to not need those i think it'd just be you'd be a miracle yeah you'd be like this guy heals (laughs) eyes i think if you had those um sunglasses that let people who are colorblind yeah see like colors you'd, you could set up a tent would worship you it would be wild you'd run stuff bro um i'm trying to think if there's anything oh the weather app <laughs> if you could just say what was going to happen tomorrow yeah um i also think that if you gave a victorian child lipstick or like chapstick they're eating it yeah i think that might be lost on them <laughs> <They're>... <laughs> Because, like, lip paint was definitely a thing back then. But if we gave it to them in our, like, modern canisters, they would eat it. Oh, you gave me Carmex in a tube? I'm eating this. Do you think they would think our perfume and cologne would smell good? Uh, Yeah, I think so. We give them, like, Axe. <laughs> um, but if we gave them... <laughs> also, if we gave them, like, a Sour Patch Kid uh, or, like, a Warhead, they would explode. Yeah, I think there'd also be a bunch of things that they think is rare that we don't, like the color purple. They'd be like, you must be the most wealthy of wealthy people. <laughs> and you're like, no, man, I got this, this for 250 at Home Depot. Right, man. I don't know, maybe pre-lit chainsaws. You would, dude, there's just a couple things that would change the game. Like if they live in a castle and you bring C4, suddenly... You can go anywhere you want. <laughs> All right. Well, that was the Victorian child segment. Uh, next week, we are watching Casablanca in our 40s week of Decades Month. Uh, feel free to rate and review the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you wanted to give our show to a few more bots so we could get a few hundred more downloads, I'd appreciate that. Other than that, I think we're all set. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mom I said hi. Deuces. See you next week. (laughs) 